The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today I am giddy with excitement because we're going to radiate light with Pam Grout, who is the rock star who wrote E Squared, E Cubed, and so many other these wonderful books. Pam, and you're we're practically neighbors, aren't we? Well, you're in Lawrence, Kansas. Yes, I guess we probably live about uh, 30, 40 minutes from each other. Oh, that is so fun. Yeah. Because, you know, we I interview people all over the world and it's rare. That, well, no, we I've interviewed a few people here in Kansas City, but like you're a New York Times number one bestseller author. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So and you're, you know, from your book, um, you know, we learned that you've been writing for a long time. I mean, you've manifested some really remarkable writing jobs and writing gigs. Yeah, in fact, if since we're talking Kansas City, I started my writing career. Well, I started my writing career when I was in second grade and wrote my first little book. <laughs> but um, my professional career, I used to write for the Kansas City Star. I was a feature writer for the Kansas City Star. So, um, so certainly I've done any, if you name anything in the writing business, I've done it. Like I've done everything from write brochures for corporations to books, a lot of articles. Um, my two big topics that I love to write about the most is travel. I've been three books for National Geographic. So I love travel writing. I've been um, not traveling as much lately, of course, with the, with the pandemic. But um, so I, I do the travel writing and I do the sort of inspirational writing, I guess, new agey, whatever category you want to put that in. More inspirational, I guess, would be the, the big um, category that I'd lump it all into. Right. Yeah. And which is, I mean, E, e squared. This is really, um, well, yeah, it's a number one New York Times bestseller, but this is a Bible for energy manipulation and manifestation. Really, and um, I know so many people who just use this as their their handbook 
or how to create the life that they want. But how did you kind of get to the point where, well, and, and I should add that that's really great that you wrote for the Kansas City Star. You're in good company. Uh, Ernest Hemingway, I believe, also. And was- Walt Disney. I always like to say the same two newspapers are the newspaper that, that launched the careers of Ernest Hemingway and Walt Disney. So I did not realize that Walt Disney wrote for the Kansas City Star. Well, you know, he didn't write for them. His big dream in life was to be an illustrator for the Kansas City Star. And actually, it's a good thing because he used to sell newspapers for them or whatever. And it's a good thing that they didn't allow him to be an illustrator. You know, that was his big dream in life because had he met that big dream in life, he probably wouldn't have headed out to California and done all the things that he did do. So, you know, sometimes we don't understand why things happen the way they do. And they often lead us to something so much better. In fact, I would argue they almost always lead us to something so much better. What might look like failure. Anyway, yes, he was associated with the Kansas City Star, mostly when he was a kid and and, uh, and doing newspapers. Oh, that is so cool. No, your your point about the um, things work out much better than we can ever plan. I mean, this, that's a huge testament to letting go and letting God. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you really get how much you're loved, you know, how much light and love there is, um, it's, it's easier to kind of deal with whatever life throws at you because you realize that there is a bigger picture and there is something bigger going on. There's something a lot bigger going on. Now, so these are pretty big concepts for a Midwest girl. Did you grow up around Kansas City? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, believe it or not, I grew up in little towns in Kansas. Um, In fact, my father was a Methodist minister, so I grew up believing in more of a conventional God. I've grown in my um, understanding of this force, this power that I call in that book, when you're talking about the field of infinite potentiality. But I do think, I use a lot of different names for that force, that invisible force that has our back. I mean, God, obviously, is the one that most people use. I've called mothership, the dude, um, a field of infinite potentiality, a lot of different names. I always say it doesn't really matter what you call it. What matters is that you call it forth, that you actually employ it in your life. And that's, that's the important thing. Yeah. Where'd you get this concept, then, that God is not what they teach about in the Methodist church? God is much broader and and deeper and wiser than that? Well, I think I sort of intuitively knew that, but I've always been really interested in uh, these kind of topics. Um, And, you know, the Bible, I mean, what it says in each square, the Bible also says, ask and ye shall receive. I mean, these aren't new concepts. I think the reason that each square gets such a chord with people is that I actually set up these little science experiments for people to give this a try. You know, we've heard these concepts forever, you know, from the Bible to the secrets and whatever. So it's like, yes, we theoretically know this, but like we have to use this in our lives. So we have to, so these, the book set it up in these experiments that enable people to see it with their own twice. So then you have real faith in it because once you grow in faith in it, then it just happens a lot more easily. It happens more regularly. So I think the book, um, again, nothing brand new in it, just a different way of looking at it and a way of getting people to really give it a try. So I think that was probably why this book, you know, it's been translated into 40 languages. I get emails from all kind, all over the world, you know, and I get people sending me in their miracles and 
you know, the emails usually start with something like, you are never going to believe this. <laughs> and of course, I do believe it because that's, you know, that's what I know. That's what I believe. So, oh my God. I know. I was just, I was so thrilled. I contacted you from your website. I said, I've got this little podcast. Would you please be a guest on? And you <laughs> responded to me right away. I was just gobsmacked. I was so thrilled. Um, so, yeah, this, this book is, is, instrumental for so many people. And I can imagine that it is really revelatory and groundbreaking for folks who had not considered this before. Do you think it's groundbreaking or revelatory? Well, I think for some people, it certainly is. I think some people, like I said, have known about these principles for a long time. And you ask where I got them. I mean, again, like I said, they've been around forever, but I um, am a, you know, the Unity Church. You probably know about that. You're in Kansas City. Unity, yes. Okay. Right. So I was a Unitic for a while. And so a lot of these are principles that I got straight from Unity as well. And from Course in Miracles. I'm I'm a student of A Course in Miracles. Yeah. And in fact, my current book, the one that came out this year in 2020, is um, about Course in Miracles. And all the books, you know, the ones that have been the bestsellers have all kind of been spawned from the principles in Course in Miracles. So I would say that's sort of where where it all began for me. But again, I'm a writer. And the nice thing about being a writer is whatever you're interested in, you can get an assignment and then you get to learn more about it. So for example, I told you I was a travel writer. I love to travel. So you get an assignment to write about Italy or whatever it might be, and then you get to go there and write about it. So again, I'm interested in spiritual principles, always have been. And so then, of course, I get to write about it. So the thing I love about being a writer is that, you know, whatever you get interested in, whoever, whatever person you want to meet, whatever it is, you can get an assignment and you have an excuse to meet that person to go to that place. So it's been, um, you know, a fun journey for me to be a writer. And again, it's the thing I love to do. So I've been really lucky in my career that I was able to make a living doing the thing that I love. No doubt. Well, in, in E Squared, you mentioned a story how you wanted to manifest a trip to, I believe it was Australia. Yeah. yeah. And you manifested the heck out of that. Can you tell a bit about that? Yeah, that's kind of a funny story. I decided I wanted to go to Australia Australia because there was this guy I had a crush on that had gone there. And so I started, you know, visualizing myself being there, you know, and I had no idea how I was going to get to Australia. I mean, it was a long ways away and it, you know, the the airline ticket was a lot beyond my means. But then soon thereafter, I got an assignment from Modern Bride Magazine, which is no longer <laughs> in, in business. But at the time, it wasn't. Some editor calls. I'd been writing for them. I was like, hey, we, we need a story about Australia. Would you be willing to go there? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Is that when you realize that there might be something to this manifestation type? Oh, no. I knew that a long time before that. But that was certainly one of the you know, impressive things. I mean, I feel like my whole career in travel writing was, you know, sort of a gift from the dudes, so to speak. I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I knew I loved to travel, but I didn't know how to make it happen. But the thing that I had going for me is that I knew I didn't know how to make it happen. So rather than try to make it with my own devices, I mean, most people think, oh, I want to be, a tra- I want to travel. So what do they do? They save up their money. They work really hard and then they, you know, spend their two-week vacation traveling. 
Well, I decided that I was just going to give it up to the dude. And then I fell into travel writing. I mean, I literally didn't even know there was a career called travel writing. I had sent a, um, a query off the ladies from the journal. This is how I got into travel writing. And um, it was a, basically a query that the editor would have never wanted. It was being a freelance writer. And it's like, when I think about it now, it's like, what was I so silly to think they would like this article? But I mentioned in there all the different things I had done as a freelance writer. I'd gone to Nicaragua to get coffee. I'd been to Jamaica and stayed in a villa. So this editor saw my query and said, hey, she called me up and she said, Hey, do you do travel writing? And when an editor calls you and you write, you never say no. Even, you know, so I said, oh, yes, I do travel writing. Even though I wasn't exactly sure what it was. <laughs> but, but indeed, I had done travel writing because I'd done stories about those two places I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. She says, where are you going next? Well, I wasn't going anywhere. But a friend of mine was going to Tampa Bay. So I, so I said, um, I'm going to Tampa. <laughs> she goes, okay, I need 600 words or whatever it was. Here's your pay, blah, blah, blah. So I called my friend and go, hey, can I go with you to Tampa? <laughs> and then I ended up writing a story about it. So then I found out more about travel writing, but I feel like I was led into travel writing because I had made that intention. I wanted to travel, and this made it a lot easier for, for me to make that happen. So I think the point of the story is that, you know, a lot of us might have intentions, things we want to do, but if we let go and trust in this bigger force, this field of infinite potentiality, then it can happen in our lives easier than us trying to figure it out our way. Because again, we have, you know, about this much information where the infinite potentiality has, you know, unlimited avenues to make things happen. So the more we can give that up and let this bigger thing, um, you know, do its thing, I think, you know, the better off we are. Right. And unity teaches that, you know, our thoughts are things, our thoughts become things, the thoughts become manifest. And of course, you Uh you can't look around you without seeing, you know, I'm just looking here in my, in the office and there's a wall. Someone had to imagine, well, what, where's that wall going to go? Someone had to think about what color is that wall going to be? There's a lamp. Okay. What's the lamp going to look like? So we, you know, use our imagination to actually create things and nothing in the world is created without having it be a thought first. So of course it makes sense. Right. And you had mentioned earlier, the Bible quote or the Bible verse, ask and ye shall receive in some versions, it says, ask and in the believing you shall receive. And so I, I wonder if sometimes we miss that important step that we need to believe at first. Do, do we need to believe that it's going to happen before it happens? Well, what I believe is that we are connected to everything. I mean, in reality, we're all energy. You know, like you're talking about that wall. It looks like a solid wall. It's actually energy. I mean, that is the truth. You know, we know from um, quantum physics. Right. So we are already connected to everything but what i believe is we animate into our lives what we put our attention upon so when we say manifest basically we're drawing into our field of perception our field of awareness things that we're already um you know we're already attached to we're already connected to and unfortunately most of us live in what i call problem state you know we're always trying to fix this problem or we're looking you know, that problem, and we're coming up with these seven steps to fix that problem. And then we're just animating that into our reality. So it's important. That's why, you know, we talked earlier about gratitude. I don't know if we, I get that was maybe before we turned the tape on, but why gratitude is so important is because when you get into that field of gratitude, 
then you're animating more things to be grateful for. So manifestation is what a lot of people call it, but it's really more that you're going to animate into your field, into your perception, into your material. Because, you know, we, there's the observer effect in quantum physics. So we see what we kind of expect to see. It's sort of the same thing. You know, we're animating into our life, you know, bringing to life into our life what we believe in, what we think about, what we uh, put our attention upon. So that's how it works. Right. Well, because a trip to Australia exists, people go on them all the time. A trip to uh, a, a travel writing job exists. A lot of people do it. Uh-huh. But we just have to bring it into our realm, right? Right. So right. These things exist. We just have to bring them closer to us. Right, and, right. Right, right, right. Yeah, I know that I uh, often think, you know, people will say, well, where are you going to get the money for that? Wherever it is now. Because <laughs> it's out there. Yeah. And one of the things I just say, well, how is none of my business? <laughs> what is my business? How is the business of, you know, the bigger thing? Yeah. The dude. I love. <laughs> yeah. Did you get that from the big Lebowski? Of course. Yes. <laughs> the dude abides. Well, one of the things, you know, we were talking about why this book took off like it did, why it's been translated for languages. I also I use a lot of pop culture references and I made it fun. It's a fun book to read. And I think it's really important. I always say that if it's not fun, it's not sustainable. So we want people to continue to use these principles. And so if they're if it's a fun read, if it's you know enjoyable to do, then they're gonna keep at it. So I always like to make everything as much fun as possible. Um, I think that's an important aspect of um, sustainability. Right. And the book is certainly very entertaining. I mean, it sounds like you're sitting down with a friend over a glass of wine and talking about these things. Um, Very conversational, very engaging, very, and very fun, full of lots of references. And it's just, it's like unwrapping all these Christmas gifts. Like, oh, what's going to be next? What's going to be next? So much fun. So can you um, walk us through a couple of the, the processes? Because these are these are nine do-it-yourself energy experiments that prove our th- that prove your thoughts create your reality directly from the book. So these are do-it ex- do-it-yourself experiments. Can you walk us through one or two? Oh well, how it works, and I set it up just like a true scientific experiment. You know, there's the scientific method that all scientists use. And you start with the hypotheses, you know, and you don't say this is the way it is. You say this is the hypothesis. This is what I'm, I, I'm trying to disprove. Right. Hypotheses are all spiritual principles. And then, um, and then I, I give, you know, I set it up as a certain method. Like you do this. Most of them, are, they, you give the dude 48 hours to answer the question, to provide the proof that you're looking for. So the um, the first one, which we were already talking about, the Big Lebowski, it's the Dude Abides. And that's a famous saying from that movie. But the Dude Abides basically says that there is an invisible energy force that wants to bless you, that wants to guide you, that wants to interact with you. That's the hypothesis. I may not be saying exactly how I wrote it in the book, but that's the idea that the Dude Abides. There is this invisible force 
that you can play with, that you can use as a resource in your life. So what I do in that one is I literally, you don't specify what you just say, okay, dude. And I love to talk to the dude in kind of an irreverent way. I, you know, I don't get down on my hands and knees and pray. I mean, I do sometimes, but as far as these experiments, it's more like, hey, dude, here I am. This crazy Pam Grat girl thinks that you're out there and you want, you have my back. So I'm going to give you 48 hours to show me a sign. And as I say, I, you know, let's set up a time frame because otherwise, you know, you're just still looking at that. Was that my sign? Was that sign? So when you give it 48 hours, you're actually um, jarred into paying attention. Like in 48 hours, I'm going to get some sign that there really is this force that interacts with me. And like I said, the stories that I get from people are just remarkable. In fact, you mentioned EQ and EQ in one of the chapters that I call, well, duh. I tell some of the experiment results that different people have written to me over the years. So, so there's nine, literally nine experiments. And then each experiment I say, okay, here's a story I got from somebody. Here's another story I got from somebody for all nine of the experiments. And, you know, to this day, the book came out in 2003, but to this day, I still hear from people that are telling me their remarkable miracle stories. So anyway, so that is, uh, that's the the big one, the one that's the most important. Because once you get that, once you really realize that this force is out there, I mean, if you just do that one and you really can come to believe that, your whole life will begin to change. But you, you said another one, another one that's been really popular, at least people have loved to put this up on YouTube, and it's the Albie Einstein experiment. Again, that's about, you know, we are energy, everything is energy. And so I literally have people make these little, um, I call them Einstein wands. I've had somebody call them magic wands, but I, you know, take a hanger, a metal hanger from your closet and you form it into this little L, and then you literally hold these with straws on the end, and then you, you know, you you say certain things like, "I am a complete dork. I I I don't like myself." And these wands go in on themselves. But then you say, "No, I'm love, and I'm expansive. I'm light," and they go out. And so I've done that demonstration so many times at various seminars and workshops that I've given. But the thing that's fun about it is that there are all kinds of YouTube <laughs> that you can look up and you can see how this works. It's like people, you can watch their wands doing these, these movements simply from their thoughts. So I think that's one that's, because again, you can show it to other people. This one guy rubbed me, goes, yeah, I take it to the bar and I do party tricks with it. <laughs> so anyway, it's just, that's kind of a fun one because it's very visible. A lot of them are just, you know, you just find out for yourself. And nobody else, you know, could be the wiser. And you can even do this one by yourself. But that one's kind of a fun one for everybody to see. It's real obvious. Like, you have these thoughts. It's like these wands start moving. And you are holding them completely still. You're holding onto the straws. So anyway, that's, that's just kind of a fun a fun one as well. Oh, that is fun. Well, and it, you know, it's kind of like using a pendulum. You can affect the right. movement of the pendulum. But... So visible. So let me get this straight. You've got two straws, and in the straws, you've got L-shaped uh, kind of wires. Well, you take the hanger. It's been funny because, you know, in Europe, a lot of people say, we don't have metal coat hangers anymore. Okay. So um, they've had, in fact, here's a fun story. One, okay, a couple times, okay, it's the most interesting one for me, you know, again, I, I've done workshops all over the world. I, I, you mentioned, um, 
Where'd you say you go? It was someplace that I, oh, Switzerland. Yeah, so I've given a workshop in Bern, Switzerland. But I've been all over the world from the Philippines to Finland to Japan, Peru. I mean, all over giving these workshops. But I was in Mexico City, um, you know, giving a workshop. And of course, I like to take those wands in. And one of them somehow fell out of my backpack. You know, it's like I had one wand. I go, oh, what can I do with the one wand? What am I going to do? So I'm walking along the street in Mexico City, and I literally tripped on a wire that I was able to pick up and fashion into the other wand. So it's like, oh, thank you, universe. And I mean, the store, I love those kind of stories where things literally show up out of thin air. And I get a lot of stories. One of the more remarkable stories like that was this girl who was out hiking in the woods. And that's kind of a story we can all relate to right now. Maybe not the woods part, but everybody's out, you know, trying to get outside and you know, get some exercise. But anyway, she's hiking in the woods all by herself. And all of a sudden she got the sniffles and she's like, oh man, I wish I had some Kleenex. And she looks down in the woods and there is an unopened package of Kleenex right there at the base of the tree. No. You know, so those are the really remarkable ones. Like where did those Kleenexes come from? But anyway, unopened, you know, I, I, I don't know how comfortable yeah. most people would be, you know, picking up a, somebody else's Kleenex, but this is an unopened packet of Kleenex. But anyway, so here I am in Mexico City. I need a wand. I look down and there's the wand. Or I mean, I literally, my toe uh, stumbles onto it. So I just love the way that kind of thing happens. And again, like I said, I've got so many stories like that that, that have come my way. So it's been really fun for me. Amazing. Well, you know, you probably listened to Abraham Hicks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of Abraham Hicks, yeah. Oh, they're huge, right? And so many years ago, they said, well, it's just as easy to manifest a castle as a button. Yeah, yeah. Right? Or a pack of Kleenex as a... Well, you go back to that thing you said about your beliefs. You know, most of us, and this is where people think it's a lot harder to manifest a castle, right? I mean, that's the belief that most people would have. So that's the reality. That's the what you're going to animate into your reality. Oh, it's hard to manifest a castle. In fact, I say maybe in E squared, I'm not sure which one of the books I read this in, but the most dangerous word and the, the more most dangerous four-letter word in the English language is hard. It's hard to, because we all believe that, oh, it's hard to meditate or it's hard to, we say that over and over again. We don't even know that. Even those of us that know about the power of our words, the power of our thoughts, we still say it. So if we can eliminate the word hard, is it hard? Is it really hard? Is that true? (laughs) It is if we believe it to be true. So the castle may seem harder, but it's only because we believe that. The button, oh yeah, I can manifest a button. Well, then it's simple. It's like pull it out of thin air almost, you know? Yeah. Do you believe you can manifest a button? Do you believe you can bring that into reality? Great. How about an envelope? Do you believe that could happen? Okay. How about a puppy? How about, you know, (laughs) and just building, building that up. Like the the guy who started with a paper clip and he traded all the way to a house or something like that. I don't know that I've heard that story, but it sounds interesting. <laughs> Doesn't it sound interesting? Yeah, yeah. just traded, traded, and traded, and traded, and all the way up to a house. Interesting. And I, I just have to ask: Have you ever heard of Randonaut? No. Oh, Randon. I th- we need to go Randonauting, Pam. Oh, we, what is it? It's an app that you can get on your phone, and it's rando, like random, and not like an astronaut. You set an intention 
And then you put in your coordinates and it gives you coordinates. You go to the coordinates that it, and you, you do, they give you tips to how to do this safely and you go and then um, people are, re, and then there's like a Reddit community, there's the Facebook page or whatever. And people are sending in all of their stories. It's like, I wanted something hilarious and I set my intention. I went to the coordinates and it was something hilarious. Oh, and it is really fun. My daughter and I did this one day. Um, I'm, really would like to do it again soon, but um, she set the intention of something weird and I set the intention of something or the uh, meaning of life. We ended up saving a friend's dog or dogs randomly. We just happened to find the coordinates led us to their street. Their dogs were loose and they were gone and we saved their dogs. Um, I didn't even know it was their dogs. I just said, I know they live on this street and it turned out to be their dogs. And so I just said, okay, that was weird. And <laughs> helping people is the meaning of life. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you and I need to go because we're so close. We need to go random nodding. Yeah. Sounds fun. Interesting. <laughs> and so you, so E, e squared, E cubed, um, in the travel writing, what else do you have that is the the esoteric, the light, the the uh, the mirac the miraculous? So the books that I wrote since E squared, I okay, I did E squared, then I did E cubed. Follow up that, and had nine more experiments for people to do. Then I did Think and Grow Rich, which of course is a takeoff on Napoleon's Think and Grow Rich. But it's a book about all about gratitude. And then after that, I did the book Art and Soul Reloaded, which is a book about creativity and spirituality. And then the book that just came out is The Course in Miracles Experiment. And that's the one that came out January of 2020. And it's about, um, about The Course in Miracles. And what I did is I rewrote the 365 lessons. You know, as we're changing our thought, the subtitle of that one is... Um, Let's see, what is the subtitle? It was something about, you know, change your world. Oh, oh, a starting kit for rewriting your thoughts and therefore the world. So that's the course of your experience. So those are the five that I've written. Uh, well, I would say half of my books are sort of, I don't know, esoteric, I guess to use that word. There's Living Big, and that was before I got involved with Hay House. And there's also my Jumpstart Your Metabolism book. It's about breathing practice that I wrote a long time ago, but it has some, you know, spiritual principles in it. And then half my books are travel books. You know, I've written a book called Kansas Curiosity. So you're from Kansas City. You might enjoy that one. Yeah. Or, um, you know, you're in Kansas when I've done Colorado Curiosities. I've done the three books for National Geographic. So I've written about, I, I guess those are my two topics. Like I said, it's the kind of spiritual, inspirational, and then the, then the travel books are sort of my genres. But in my writing for... Um, magazines you know I've done all kinds of things I've written about any topic you can name you know everything in fact kind of the most amazing things happen to me um like one day I'm sitting at home and all of a sudden I get this call from my editor at People Magazine she says hey do you want to interview Blake Shelton I'm like sure well he was going to be in Kansas City so you know I got to go over and interview Blake Shelton so you know what I mean I didn't ask for that I didn't try to manifest that I just basically get up in the morning and I just say something like something really cool is going to happen to me today. And then I leave it up to the universe to 
provide me with that something cool. Again, I believe rather than being real specific, and you know, you can be real specific if you want, and people kind of like to do that. And there's some people who think, yes, you should definitely be real specific. But I guess I know that what I can come up with is going to be so limited, again, compared to the bigger thing that I sort of like the idea of letting it, hey, bring me something good, bring me something cool. (laughs) And then, you know, that's what ends up happening. Yeah, it's kind of like a universe Mad Libs. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Right. I want to find an experience and then... Let the mm-hmm. that. I want to be a rando knot. I'm, I'm glad you told me about that. I'd never heard of it. That's fun. Yeah, I can't wait to do it again. I, yeah, just just the universe can has a much bigger imagination than I do, and I'm very very happy to let them figure it out. Yeah, for sure. Fill in my blanks. Yeah, and I'm looking uh, again on your website. Your travel books look like so much fun. The Girlfriend Getaway Guide. Oh yeah, that's a fun one. (laughs) Yeah. The 100 Best Worldwide Vacations to Enrich Your Life. That sounds like fun. And the 100 Best Vacations. Oops, is that on here twice? There was... um, There's three in that series. The um, 100 Best Vacations to Enrich Your Life. That's more North America. Then there's the Worldwide Vacations. Those are the three I did for National Geographic. And then the third one is volunteer vacations, 100 best volunteer vacations to enrich your life. So there's three in that series from National Geographic. And they are fun books. Yeah. So, yeah. Volunteer vacations. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it is fun. <laughs> is it beyond uh, Habitat for Humanity? Oh, there's a hundred different um, opportunities. Now, right now, probably you can't do these vacations. Right. It's this idea of traveling. And one of the things I say in that book, it's more than just because, you know, everybody, people love to travel. But when you travel doing volunteer vacations, you actually get to know the people in a way that you don't when you just go and sit at some pool with a little umbrella in your drink. I mean, you actually get to know the people, what they're doing. You get to know the country in a way that you never will. And they're very, well, the whole subtitle is meaningful vacations. They're very meaningful. And the other thing that happens with volunteer vacations, people are like, oh, I'm going to go help. Blah, blah. Well, they end up getting changed more themselves. You know, they themselves, um, meaning and different things more than the people they're going to help. So anyway, it, it, they're just really cool. And, and uh, they're from all over the world. They're everything from, um, oh, what are some of the more obscure ones? Um, literally every continent. There's some from every continent that you, can, that you can go do. Did you know that Radiate Wellness has a subscription-based premium content Facebook group? Think of it like the premium version of this free podcast. In this premium Facebook group, you can find great content like replays of online classes, meditations on angels, chakras, mindfulness, and more, guest speakers, mini classes, polls, plus you'll be the first to know of guests that we have scheduled for the podcast and can submit questions for them. You get all of this great content for one low monthly price and the first month is half off. You can subscribe by going to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash shop. Click the subscriptions button and you're in. Also, while I have your attention, 
wherever you're listening to this free podcast, if you could just do us a couple of favors, please. One is go to hit the subscribe or follow button. Then you'll be notified of all of the episodes we have coming out each week. Also, please rate and review. It sounds really simple, but it helps us to grow our audience when people are looking for great podcasts. And when we grow our audience, we can do bigger and better things and bring you even more great guests. So please do those couple of things, and that will help us grow this audience and this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I wanted to switch gears a little bit and return to your book, your new book, which is A Course in Miracles. It's a workbook, um, experiments, having um, concerned with the the a Course in Miracles. And A Course in Miracles is something that I have to admit, I have, this is a shameful, well, not a shameful secret, but this is something I hate to admit, is that I recommend it to clients all the time, but have I actually read it or you know, taken a, a class on Course in Miracles? No, I've not. But I know that it transforms life, lives. And so- Well, it's funny you say that because I, I talk about this in the introduction. You go to any- um, you know, self-help seminar, gathering, whatever. And you ask the question, hey, how many of out there have this book? You know, you hold up the Courts of Miracles. You know, and 97% of the people will hold up and go, yeah, I do, I do, I do. Then you ask the follow-up question, how many people have actually read it? And all but two or three hands will go down. It's one of those books that is, um, it does change lives. It's very powerful. It literally changes everything. However, it is sort of intellectual, it's dense. I often call it the big blue doorstop. So why I I felt called to write this book, I mean, it was an assignment from the universe because I started blogging about my journey. I go through those lessons every year and I've been doing this for probably 30 years. So in 2018, I decided January 1st, I wrote about what Courts and Miracles for January 1st. And I went on and and before long, I started getting all these emails. I need to turn this into a book, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I, once I got like maybe the 60th email or the 60th comment, I thought, oh, is this a sign from the universe? <laughs> it, I, I can be slow. But anyway, so I sent it off to Hay House, which had published my last, how many books, four or five books. And they said, sure. So that's how that book came about. I felt like I was summoned from the universe. It literally... Um, wasn't something I had intended to do, but um, but I felt like that was mine to do. And I think it just makes it a lot easier for people to get through those lessons, to actually do the work. I always call it the play. I call it, like in my book, I Can Grow Rich, I call them party games. Um, again, you know, using wands, that's a party game. That's not in Thank You Grow Rich. But I, again, you know, what we're thinking of, we're exercise. Something, ha- exercise sounds hard, sounds you know, like, oh, I've got to get up and do the exercise. But if you go, I'm going to get up and play that party game so with that, you know, changing my mind about something, then you're more apt to do it. So anyway, the Course in Miracles experiment just makes it a lot more fun for people to go through that year-long process of changing your mind, of rewiring your thoughts. In fact, that is the subtitle. Um, start a kit for rewiring your mind and therefore your world. So that is, it, it took me a minute to remember the exact subtitle. Right, right. And so what is your biggest takeaway from A Course in Miracles? And of course, you is it some is it a, a matter of 
needing to get permission from the original author of A Course in Miracles to do this? Or Oh, no, there's a lot of books that have been spawned from A Course in Miracles. You know, from Gerald Jampolsky's Love is Letting Go of Fear that Johnny Carson talked about way back when there was Johnny Carson. And that's kind of what got the people reading it. Marianne Williamson's done several books about Course in Miracles. So there's a lot of books that have, I mean, the book's not like taking word for word. It's like using those principles. But the 365 lessons it's basically, I guess, you know, I'm using those lessons, but I'm writing them in a way that people can understand and that makes it more fun for them to do. But it is about rewiring your thoughts, rewiring your mind, looking at the world from a completely different lens. Yeah, it is. And it's not not really miracles. I mean, this is not, this is accessible. It's something that everybody can do. This is not reserved. For- well, as the Course in Miracles says, if, if miracles are not happening to you on a daily basis, something has gone wrong. So that is the way of the world. That's the way it is. Um, most people don't know that. And the Course of Miracles says this isn't a difficult thing to do. It's just so different than the way people see the world. We see the world as scarce. There's scarcity in the world. There's, I mean, this is the way the world teaches. That's the paradigm that the Course of Miracles rewrite. You know, the world is abundant. The world is Love, love is the only reality. You know, people aren't scary. I mean, all those things that we believe in and animate into our lives need to be rewired because once we rewire them, everything changes in your life. And that is what the Course in Miracles is about. Right. Wasn't it Albert or, or Albie Einstein, as you call him? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it he who said, you can believe uh, either that everything is a miracle or nothing is a miracle? Right. I think he did say that. Yeah. Something to that effect. Yeah. And that is so true. I mean, either you see the miracle in everything or you believe that there's no miracles anywhere. And right. Right. Well, the other thing, too, people think miracles are something real like it's an anomaly. Oh, my gosh, this weird thing happened. And that's the kind of things that people send me these stories. But the truth is miracles are happening around us all the time. And what the Course in Miracles does is it rewires our mind to see those miracles, to notice those miracles, to appreciate those miracles, because they're there. We're just not seeing them. You know, I tell the story, I think I tell the story in Heat Squared about the, the woman, my friend was at um, the airport, and there was this woman who was struggling with like four or five bags, and she was, you know, out there, and she's waiting for the bus to take her back to her car. And she's sitting there going, I cannot believe that bus. Where's that bus? And she's griping. And my friend said that bus circled two times while she was standing there. She was so invested in her grievances that this bus wasn't showing up. It was taking too long. She couldn't see it. And I've, you know, I shared that story in one of my books. I think it was in E Squared. But anyway, I've had many people write to me with similar stories that, wow, you know, when you're thinking a certain way, you don't see things. I mean, there is love and light to go back to radiating light in every single person, in every single situation. But are we going to see it or not? And that's the big question. That's the thing. That the Courts of Miracles helps us do to actually see the truth, this bigger truth, this love and light in every person, this love and light that is there, that is so apparent once you let go of your belief that it's it's an anomaly or that a miracle is going to happen only sometimes. You know, that's the paradigm. That's what people believe. 
Right, right, right. Um, now, of course, you grew up as a minister's kid. Uh-huh. And what does your family think of of all this stuff? Do they also subscribe to some of these ideas? Um, not as much. Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Short answer. Yeah. Right. Do they? Um, does it? Does it cause any? any turmoil in the family? Well, my parents passed in 2018. Um, so, you know, but, but it wasn't, like I said, my, my belief in God evolved over the years. And so most of my family still believes in God, the way I was raised, which they believe in miracles, that kind of thing. But anyway, most of my, a lot of my family has passed. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm sorry to hear that, um, but of course you know that that's the that's the way things you know the way of the world, um, but it just you know th- these are not groundbreaking principles we're talking about, but for people who have kind of an entrenched view and a traditional view, they can be seem kind of counter, but they're they're truly not. This is what you're talking about. You're talking about God. God is infinite. God is all powerful. And God and, is many things. Yeah. And in fact, we're talking about, you know, my parents and, and my daughter who passed in 2018. Um, to say they passed, they passed into a different realm. They're still with me. They're still available. But that's another paradigm that, you know, we are these bodies. This is who we are. Who we are. <laughs> is so much bigger than that. So, um, but I think from that other realm that my parents, my daughter are on now, they can see the world in a, in that bigger way, in the way that, you know, we're learning in person miracles to see, you know, we're not these bodies. This is not who we are. We are beings of love and light so much bigger than this. But this is, you know, that limit. It's a new square, but it's like focusing our bodies, like looking at our little fingernail and thinking that's who we are. You know, this, oh, okay, this right here, this is who I am. No, who we are is so much bigger and all that. So anyway, um, a lot of my family, I believe, is now being on the other realm. They're, they they totally get what I what I teach, what I what I believe. Well, and sometimes we have to have those blinders on so that we can understand it in a different way, and we can. So that when the blinders do come off, we have more of a realization. So, you know, I always respect everybody's path, even if they have a path where they don't believe in miracles, they don't believe in God. That's, that's fine. Sometimes we just need to have that, that experience. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, what you, what you write touches so many people. I mean, that's why you're a number one bestseller. And I'm sure that, well, it looks like, your Course in Miracles experiment is already a New York Times bestseller, a number one New York Times bestseller. Oh, the no, not no, it's not. Oh, your best-selling author, not yeah. yet, not yeah. yet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, that yes, that's right. You are a New York Times bestselling author, and so this book is just now out, and I'm sure that it's also going to. Um, you know, become as as widely acclaimed as your other books because this this is an idea that's time has come really, and I think that you're 
um, you're showing this with E squared, with E cubed, with all of the other great books that you've got out there. Um, what do you have coming out next after the Course in Miracles experiment? Do you have anything else coming up? Um, I don't have a contract yet for anything, but I'm sort of working on a card deck, which is sort of a different way to do death, which is, again, seeing, I'm being connected with people on the other side, again, because of, you know, what's happened in my life in 2018, that's, you know, a big interest of mine. And so I've been kind of playing around with that a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm sort of waiting. I, I, or I, you know, I'm, I'm being in sort of a, a mode of waiting for my next marching words, my guidance from the universe. I've been spending time with trees, <laughs> listening to trees, uh, listening to for God, um, look, looking for guidance. But that's one of the areas I'm real interested in right now. So that's kind of formulating um, for me right now. Well, that's exciting. So really, you you just continue continue to do your work. And as a writer, you're never going to run out of material, are you? Oh, no. You know, there's always new material. In fact, the more you write, what I said, my book, Art and Soul Reloaded, it's about creativity and spirituality. <laughs> to me, they're kind of the same thing. Right. But as you, as you express, as you let it come out, more and more stuff comes to you. It's not like, there's a limited amount it's it's unlimited and what's limited is when you don't do it and you you know you you start thinking it's limited but it's not there's always new ideas new new things to do <laughs> to write about to express. Mm-hmm. yeah this is art and soul reloaded a year-long apprenticeship for summoning the muses and reclaiming your bold audacious creative side that sounds so exciting you know I yeah was- Speaking yesterday with Dr. Patty uh, Patty Ashley from Boulder, Colorado. She's going to be appearing on our podcast right before your episode. And she's a psychologist and was talking about how creativity actually helps wire the brain and can help just expand. Um, we talked about, we geeked out on school funding and, you know, keeping the arts and music and things in schools that it really does help and enhance learning. So this is really important stuff, right? Yeah. Huge, huge, huge. And reclaiming our audacious side. I love this. And then you do have an, you know, you were talking about uh, creating a new deck. You do have an Oracle deck. This is the Oracle of E. An oh, that I did with Colette Baron reed Yes, she um, came up with that idea. We had done an interview right after E Squared came out. In fact, she called Reed Tracy at Hay House and said, you know what? This is going to be a bestseller. I mean, she was like the first. She's kind of a psychic. So she she, she called him and said, this is going to be a bestseller. So she and I did an interview. In fact, we've done several projects together over the years. But anyway, she goes, let's do a deck together. So that's kind of how Oracle of E came about it's she that's the thing she does a lot of decks that isn't something I've typically done but the reason I like the idea of this for um people who've lost loved ones because you know you can read a book and so you've got a week of comfort but with 52 cards you've got something um to kind of comfort you and to um recognize the bigger picture that death isn't the end that you can still be in communication with your loved ones and again changing that paradigm that devastating paradigm of you know loss of physical reality you know it's it's uh, it's so much bigger than that and i think that's a very 
comforting thing that a lot of people can benefit from. No, I agree. Yeah, I, I co-teach a class called Love Never Dies with an author who wrote about her experience with her mother's passing. And um, it's always full of messages, miracles. Everyone who attends these classes, they share all of the miracles that they've experienced after the loss of a loved one, which it sounds like um, in your case was particularly tragic. And it, 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 you know, we need comfort at those times. So I can't wait to see it. I think it's going to be exciting. Mm -hmm. Really nice. Where do you draw your inspiration from that? Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> like when in creating this deck, where do you draw your inspiration from it? Do you, do you how do you know where that comes from or does it just come from the FP, the field of possibilities? Oh yeah. No, I feel like all creativity really, uh, comes from, like I said, creativity and spirituality to me are very, very much aligned with each other. So, um, when ideas come to me, I like to, uh, trust that you know it's there's a reason for it there's a but obviously uh, this the inspiration for this is comes from my own situation that that happened to me in 2018 right 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 well it has been certainly so much fun talking with you mm -hmm. i really enjoy your writing i love all your the books that you've got out here i look forward to reading more and the new one the Course in Miracles experiments, the workbook that you've got, um, just makes it a lot more accessible, I think. Yeah, I've also picked up A Course in Miracles, and it is pretty dense. So I believe your book just makes it more accessible and more fun. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Maybe something, if anything we haven't covered or haven't discussed that you think is important? Uh, no, no, I think you've... Hit, hit all the bases. <laughs> <laughs> hit all the bases. Your website is pamgrout.com. So that's G-R-O-U-T, pamgrout.com. And there's a list of all of your books, your travel writing, uh, portfolio of, of articles, et, et cetera, that you've written. I see Jake Gyllenhaal there, and he's so beautiful. Uh, <laughs> creativity <laughs> exercises, a creativity test and test results. Wonderful stuff on your website. Um, Pam, it has been so much fun talking with another Kansas girl. Of course, I was not born in Kansas, but spent most of my life uh, growing up in Kansas. <laughs> so another Midwesterner. So much fun. I've been so excited to talk to you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Christy. It's been <laughs> lots of fun. Yeah. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, 
spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.